Welcome to episode 12 of Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. This one's called The Swag Man. Very Australian name. And as usual, to discuss the episode, I've got two people with me. We all rotate the hosting. This week's my turn. And joining me first up is Lee. Hi, Lee. I had to do it. I had to do a Skippy response. But yes, hello. <laughs> what was what the Skippy response? Like a... Yeah, oh, you couldn't hear it. Oh, no. I don't hear it. I did the psychic Skippy, like the... Uh, the <laughs> Mine to one. Psychic powers. Oh. Yeah. I thought, or you could have let someone force you to wave at me, which is also a common <laughs> <laughs> And Johnny's also here. Hi, Johnny. Hey, guys. So this was an interesting episode. It features our usual cast of characters, along with Clancy and Dr. Steiner. And it has a guest appearance by Jerry Duggan as Mr. Trundle. And I thought this was such a charming character. We'll get to him later. So I actually looked him up. And it turns out he's a bit of an Irish Morgan Freeman. He started acting at the age of 50. 50 years old, born in 1910, never achieved superstardom, but he'd always play these charming Irish roles in films. So we'll get to him a bit later on. Um, that's the usual usual characters, plus the Irish visitor. And it's also written by Ross Napier and directed by Max Farnell. So let's get into this. It's called The Swag Man, and I actually looked up the meaning of the word, and it means to travel with one's personal belongings in a bundle, which isn't that common in Australia anymore what do you guys think of the whole swag life do you think swag that's where that comes from because swag is like the, the bundle absolutely it's um derived from old colonial australian english um yeah it was you know it's about time we saw a swagman um because yeah. basically they would have rarely existed back then um so it's interesting to see um you know, someone pop up in the 60s just wandering around. Um, but it was sort of classic. And they really, um, I felt through the episode, they really did milk it, especially with the imagery and um, with the classic Australian swagman. And basically a swagman is sort of like a, a wandering um, homeless guy that just goes from property to property looking for work. Yeah. And there is obviously the uh, famous Banjo Patterson song as well. Yeah. Uh, that uh, sort of probably made it the most famous term, but it was pretty cool to finally see something so colonial Australian come in. Very colonial. And when I think of the word swag, I think of black American urban culture. It's quite hip-hop now if you've got swag. So it's interesting yeah. how, what a leap to go from the outback of Australia to the Bronx. So I've been meaning to say this. I, I think there is a need for like some urban bush poets to sort of start to retaking that scene and sort yeah. of updating the old Australian, uh, you know, classic poetry, Man from Snowy River, but then doing contemporary ones, you know, using the form of, you know, bush poetry. And, you know, I think that would be a real good uh, transition to modern times. I think so. Once a jolly meth addict sitting in Toowoomba <laughs> under the shade of a cooler battery. Yeah. They could do covers. They could do, um, you know, WAP. Um, they could do all this sort of stuff. Gangster's yeah. Paradise. Who knows? Who knows? So we're kind of setting the theme here of swag because the swag man does make his appearance without wanting to give away too much. But the episode does kick off with a swag man walking down to a very jolly Irish jig and he scans the land. So it's quite a happy start. But what I was thinking, because many new arrivals to Waratah National Park are often serial killers or animal kidnappers. 
What were you thinking when the Swagman appeared on the scene? They definitely played that up, I think, um, as um, not necessarily straight away dodgy, but just definitely like, watch yourself. I thought, though, that that's why they played that friendly music, because immediately yep. you would think, stranger, that's stranger danger. But in actual fact, the music to me signified this is a friendly character. Yeah, and, and yeah. he had that good shot of him, like he, he get, comes over the sort of road there and then he looks out over the park and he has a big smile on his face. And, he's you know, you can tell he's not there for sinister reasons. Yeah, no. and I, like, I was hoping he was going to stay a good character, but you, you never know. They have plot twists. In these kind of things, but yes. he swag, he, he scans the land, so he mm. joins the scene, and then he, he meets Sonny, and Sonny accuses him of not being Australian because of his accent, which is a little bit of a culturally right-wing moment, but very common at the time. This is 1967, where everyone pretty much was Aussie. I think we hadn't even lifted the white Australia policy by that time, so it was a different Australia. What did you think about that theme when he finally meets Sonny? Lee? So his his thing about like you're no Australian as soon as he gets his accent, which I thought, oh here we go. But um, the guy actually responded and he said like, look, I was born in Ireland, but that was a long time ago, so I am an Australian. So are they commenting on this, or is, is would you think it was too soon in the Australian history for us to be that self-aware of that kind of thing? Yeah, uh, that is interesting. Yeah. So what did you think, Johnny? Yeah, I think um, maybe it's because Sonny is just so uh, secluded. But then you know he's heard other accents. Yeah, no, it was funny that he picked that out straight away. But then, like, the guy says, yes, I am, because, you know, he's probably a citizen, so that's really, that's all that matters if you're an Australian or not. Yeah, but it kind of shows the character, because he's very good-natured about it. The gentleman doesn't feel offended. He he joins in. He goes, oh, I'm Australian. I was just born in Ireland. And then he pulls out this cool watch, and Sonny just looks hypnotized so i thought (laughs) is this going to be some kind of cartoonish pied piper episode um and i was hoping it wasn't gonna maybe my mind went i was like oh god i hope this is some kind of sex offender episode with this creepy old man because just (laughs) the way he pulled out this watch and sonny was staring at it what did you guys think in that moment it it was a little bit baity there for him yeah um, Yeah, because it was like this um beautifully ornate wash with the glass cover and all the bits inside you could see and then like um it had this chime and also i was going to note that skippy was amazed too it wasn't just sunny it cut to skippy and she was like what yeah this guy's not only got swag he's got bling (laughs) he does it's pretty magical funny Skippy and Sonny are quantum entangled because they often react to situations in the same way, which happens <laughs> later in this episode. But yeah, what were you going to say, Lee, about that moment? I was just going to say that the watch itself, like it was, it wasn't just ornate. Like it had a lot of like, little characters moving. It was very magical, and that was sort yeah. of setting the swagman up to be this mysterious, almost Willy Wonka type figure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah, maybe but... that's why he needed the Irish accent as well. It just added mystique to him. Like, yeah. Mm. Well, it made him international, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so then we see the swagman, whose name is Mr. Trundle. He's sitting by a fire, which Sonny normally hates to see. Um, so I thought this was going to be a deal breaker in their friendship. He was going to arc up about the fire. He doesn't. But then Matt arrives, and he refuses a cup of tea. So he seems a little bit officious and no-nonsense in this moment. So he's already a little bit wary of this man. The swagman, Mr. Trundle, then asks if he can work as an odd job man. Matt says, odd job man, 
normally steal his wallet and clothes, yeah. which sounds like a no at that point. Yeah. And possibly Matt needs to work and, on his recruitment. Maybe he's like using like the 1967 equivalent of Gumtree. Like, where's he finding the staff that always keeps stealing off him? What do you, what do you think about that moment, Johnny? Well, and also they were stealing his food too. Um, so yeah. one guy stole his wallet and then one guy stole food and clothes. <laughs> And yeah, no, I thought it was like, oh, okay, but where is he meeting these people? And it's maybe it's like, maybe Matt isn't the best judge of character. Maybe yeah. like trust Sonny more a little bit and skip, you know, about these people because, um, you know, right away it, you feel like you can probably trust Mister Trundle over those other dodgy guys. Yeah, well, let's not forget that last episode, Sonny stole all of Matt's clothes and food. So <laughs> that is yeah. true. Was, was that was a convict too that <laughs> yeah. was threatening Clancy's life. So they've obviously got an issue with lots of food and clothing stealing out in the bush. Yeah, it is a very dangerous national park in hindsight. Oh, yeah. well, well, and you know that is the other thing is that they just did have a convict on the last episode. So I can understand Matt. Matt's wariness, I guess. Yeah. And also, you know, but obviously they're setting up that he's been stung. So he's very, very skeptical about Mr. Trundle's uh, motivations and why he's there. And, you know, yeah. and also Sonny sort of, you know, befriending him. You're right. He's very wary. But then Trundle says he doesn't want money and wouldn't fit Matt's clothes. And then Matt smiles for the first time just <laughs> a little bit and gives him the work, which tells you that jokes can take you quite a long way in life, build that trust. So it was quite an Australian moment that he used yeah. to overcome the cynicism. Yeah, and also Mr Trundle sort of showed that he's, you know, he's not a dumb man. He knows how to sort of work the room. He does. And so then Sonny decides to stay by the fire with Mr Trundle and says he and Skippy can tell that Trundle is trustworthy. I'm actually still not sure about Mr Trundle at this point because I thought maybe he's being introduced as the tricky villain who starts off nice but is actually going to fleece these guys. Well, well, Lee, were you suspicious? When Sonny says, look, Dad doesn't trust you, but I do, and Skippy does too, to me that was them signifying to the audience, okay, this guy probably yeah. is all right because if, this, if the kangaroo, who's very perceptive, if she can yeah. tell, then he's probably, he's probably okay. Yeah, because otherwise that would undermine Skippy's competence. Later. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, and she she does have an uncanny ability to tr- you know to pick out who's bad and who's good. You know, just, yeah. that's just animals. They just know how to do that. Oh, and if yeah. someone's bad, kick in the face straight from Skippy. <laughs> yeah, like pretty much that's it. Yeah. Um, but the other thing was that I noted was like Mr. Trundle doesn't really help himself because he does like act mysterious. Yes. Get go about anything else, and he, he, you know, brings up his enemy straight away to Sunny and yeah. all of that. Okay, so then Sunny asks Trundle about his watch, and on the back it says MVA, and like you said, Johnny Trundle yeah. says the watch belonged to his biggest enemy, mm-hmm. but that's a story for another day. Yeah. So like you said, it's he's a bit mysterious. He does speak in riddles, which is part of his character. Then we go back in the house, and Jerry and Mark are playing chess. Mark gets checkmated. And Clancy teases him. And I thought, oh, is there something going on here? Lee, did you spot anything in that moment between the two of them? Well, that, that whole flirtatious thing, they've been building on that for the last couple of episodes. So I'm, I'm curious to know whether this will play out into anything. Will it blossom? But, yeah, it was funny because when she teased him, he was like, well, you told me to make that move. So it was kind of yeah. – well, I made it sound like he was being a little bit of a bitch, but in actual fact, he was, he was probably more – flirty when he's yeah so they might be building for a future episode and then matt finds out that trundle has been telling sunny dramatic stories of his travels including 
being a Maharaja's hunting buddy. I did not expect to ever hear the word Maharaja on Skippy. Johnny, were you anticipating that? Uh, no, but um, I'll, and I listed out the things he uh, was stuck on an iceberg. Clancy said that he was a test pilot. And then, yeah, yeah Jerry says that he hunted tigers with the Maharaja of Pushwa. Yeah. He's uh, had an adventurous life, or has he? Yeah, because they think he's just a swag man with just pennies to his name. How could he have afforded all this? So they're, they're sceptical. And Matt tries to tell Sonny that Trundle is spinning him tall tales. Sonny gets mad and says Trundle would not lie. And he storms off to go to see Trundle. And one of the things that surprised me about Sonny is he forms friendships very quickly. I'm not sure he's just super lonely or whatever, but he's formed a friendship with an old man, which we don't see that much anymore. We're not crossing that intergenerational divide the way we used no, to. No, uh, unless it's your grandfather, it's it's a little bit dodgy. I um, think that's again, though, why that music was so important, because even when they're all sceptical and Matt trying to warn... It wasn't or anything. No, like they that. made it very clear, because let's, uh, let's, the whole point is that an old man being left alone with a young boy would yes. definitely raise some alarm bells. So they need to let the audience know, with yeah. the music, there's nothing sus going on here. That's exactly, true. yeah. Even back then, it was sort of like, okay... And especially a swagman who no one knows, that would Strange, still be yeah. pretty, you know, sceptical. And yeah, and he also has shiny things, which is another classic pedo warning sign, but apparently <laughs> not for Mr. Trundle. So he, so Matt, um, so Sonny runs off to find Mr. Trundle after confronting Matt, after, you know, getting angry at his dad for questioning Mr. Trundle. And then Sonny asks Mr. Trundle, are those stories you've been telling me true? And again, he doesn't quite get a clear answer. So Matt also confronts Trundle while he's doing the gardening outside the house. And he asks him to back off a little bit on these tall tales, these mega yarns he's been spinning. And Trundle agrees to do that. And then he basically asks, what the hell does Dr. Steiner do around here? And I thought he was trying to find a common enemy with him and Matt so they could restore their bond. I thought that was a weird moment to go after Dr. Steiner. Then um, Matt explains what Dr. Steiner does. And Trundle basically says, yes, Sonny told me that. I wouldn't have believed it when he f- I could hardly believe it myself. Something along those lines. So then Matt realised he's been served. Yeah, what did you think about that interaction between the oh, two of them? It was, it was definitely um, Mr. Trundle basically owned him and matt knew it like he he looked up pretty sheepish when he realized oh yeah i see what you're saying there i thought it was a meta moment because to me trundle asking what does dr steiner do we've all been wondering that like weeks ago (laughs) we know she likes putting koalas in cages and then now now she's learned her lesson not to but that was about it yeah Yeah. she said that apparently she's doing some research study about why they don't get duodenal ulcers because heaps of eucalyptus will likely give that to you apparently um, but during that story it seemed that matt called koalas koala bears which i thought (laughs) the americans did are they koala bears have i got it wrong they used to call them bears but because they're marsupials they're nothing to do with bears it was just because they looked like teddy bears i'm assuming or like you know small bears they also make like a roaring sound don't they so that would possibly also be yeah they're terrifying when When they're not mating stuff and all the males are fighting they're really like horrible and they do it at night apparently so it's like really Mm. really scary i can't imagine how they fight like how do they even hurt each other um well like they're on the ground i think and i'm not sure i think when they're in the tree they try to knock each other off and then on the ground they just fully like have a go at each other like they actually have energy um all of a sudden and have a go like little pit bulls i'm surprised that hasn't come from 
dodgy criminal league koala fighting. <laughs> well, you know, the, maybe I might have inspired it. But I'm sure yeah. there would be YouTube videos out there of people coming across koalas just randomly have and, like, attacking each other. Yeah. Okay, so then what happens in this episode is Trundles is starting to establish just a bit of credibility. We're all starting to trust him. We're all starting to like him. Mm-hmm. And then Sonny catches up with him and we find he's leaving the park. It's quite a, a sad moment, but... He decides to give Sonny his watch, the watch that had earlier hypnotized Sonny. And Trundle <laughs> leaves and says, I hope you'll remember me from time to time, which I thought was a very sweet line. Just a sweet way of saying it. Just remember mm-hmm. me from time to time. Lee, did you like that moment? Well, yeah. And it was also because at that point, I guess it was a surprise of what the present was because he just says, oh, look, I've left you a present behind a gum tree. And the time to time. And then, of course, it's a watch. So that yeah. double meaning as well. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was quite nice. It was, it was sweet. I mean, again, the, the sceptical part of me is like, oh, what is this old man left him behind the tree? But I think at that point, we know it's probably going to be something innocent. Yeah, that's fine. And we're sad because there's no LinkedIn back then for them to stay in touch or whatever. No Swagman no. profile. So that was it. That was pretty much it for the two of them. Well, there were no mobile phones, so they couldn't even contact yeah. each other by cell, not even text. Except that helicopter phone, right? Could Sonny call her from that weird helicopter phone? (laughs) So then Sonny hides this watch under his pillow because he's scared that people will think Trundle had stolen it, especially since everyone thinks Trundle is a a lying megalomaniac. So the watch is under the pillow, and he especially is worried because Trundle had said it belongs to my enemy, so that was added reason to steal Mm. it. Uh, Matt then walks in to explain that Trundle's a drifter and he was never going to stick around for long anyway. Don't worry about it. And Skippy looks quite guilty at the moment, knowing the watch is being hidden. Suddenly, the watch alarm goes off and Matt finds it. And he can't understand why Sonny had hidden it. And he grounds him until he's ready to talk because he refuses to talk. And then Matt reports the watch to the police because he's a snitch. <laughs> what, did, what did you think about that interaction, Johnny? That Actually, whole scene. Can I ask you a question <laughs> yeah. first? So when... Matt finds it. He asks Sonny why he didn't tell him about it. There's this weird smash zoom to Skippy's face, looking like she isn't going to say anything or, or something. She's got a very weird look on her face. Yeah. And then Matt says, yeah. look, it looks valuable. And then they cut back to that same shot of Skippy. She's like looking down as if like, nothing's going to make me talk. I'm not going to, I'm not part of this. Don't, yeah, don't involve may- me. Maybe that was like a sort of like Skippy's like not going to click at all. <laughs> like, not going to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, oh, look, I thought that was pretty funny because when Matt says that he's going to go to the police, like, Suddy's, like, shocked because, you know, he's like, oh, no, because he's afraid of Mr. Trumbull's going to get in trouble. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I thought it was a bit of a jerk move for Matt. I know Sonny's being cagey, but he should trust his son. Yeah. Well, I don't think he knew at that point it was Trundles because what, what no, Sonny tells him is... There. Yeah, Sonny just says, oh, I found this. Yeah, and so right, yeah. Matt says, well, look, I'm going to call the police because it's someone's. We can't just yeah, keep yeah. someone's yeah. lost property. Let me find yeah, out who it is. So it's not like so. he's trying to rat his son out. Yeah, but the other I know, time, I know. Sorry, it, it, but yeah. Okay, so we are in a precarious situation because now the cops are getting involved. And then Matt comes back after calling the cops and we see that Sonny has run off. Because mm. Sonny wants to warn Trundle that the cops may be after him. So Matt is now in town to get the watch valued. And it's the first time I've seen the town all season it, and it features a jeweler and a fruit bar. What <laughs> was a fruit bar? And do we still have them? Why not if not? Does anyone know about fruit bars? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe they may, like, maybe it's like a, like a juice place. I'm not sure. Yeah, because you feel like an adult because you're in a bar, but it's just 
pineapple juice and watermelon. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so he's at the jewelers, getting the watch value. And then we see that Sonny and Skippy have found some footprints and they're trying to catch up to Mr. Trundle. They warn him about the watch being found. And Mr. Trundle turns them around so they can tell the truth about everything. This is the moment I finally realized there's nothing bad about Mr. Trundle. He's jumping back into the lion's den. He's a decent dude. Um, it's all going to be okay. He's got nothing to hide, really. Yeah. And then we're back at the house and Clancy is playing tunes. And Mark and Jerry say, oh, it's worse than when she was playing scales. They, they say she needs to swing it a little more. She is 12 and white. What is their problem? Why do they keep just uh, grinding their gears? What's what's going on here, Lee? Well, it definitely was not worse than scales. Like she was just no. playing some old-fashioned piano song, and yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty harsh. They were just like, "God, can't you put some swing into it?" I'm like, "All yeah. right, calm down." How much New Orleans jazz have they seen living in Mount Waratah National Park in 1957? Yeah, and, and neither of them play any musical instruments, as far as we know. No. So at harsh. least she's trying. Very harsh. But maybe that's part of the tension that they're building for future episodes. Now, Matt comes back and he says the watch is valued at $500. <gasps> and I used, an, I used an inflation calculator and that is actually $6,740 in today's oh. money. Oh, okay. That is pretty good then. Yeah. Well, the boys were pretty stunned. They were pretty was... stunned when, when Matt comes back and says to Jerry and Mark, like, I've had this thing evaluated, and that's when Jerry or Mark says, like, oh, isn't this just a cheap thing? And that's when Matt reveals, yeah, $500. But I didn't realize that inflation. So that is that is a really expensive watch then. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to be really sarcastic about it um, being $500, but that yeah. is quite a lot of money. That is, that is proper bourgeois money to have a $6,700 watch in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So then Trundle and Sonny arrive back. They've been hitchhiking back on some dude's ute. And Matt confronts Trundle and says, the watch belonged to a Miles Vincent Archer, MVA, one of the country's richest people. And he asks Trundle how he got it. Trundle reveals he is Miles Vincent Archer all along. And Matt remembers reading stories of him when he was young. So there's some credibility there. And it turns out that MBA, Matt, Miles Vincent Archer, had become disillusioned with his greedy life and he wanted to reinvent himself as Mr. Trundle so he could backpack anonymously, which is quite a resolution to this story, which I hadn't seen coming as well. What did you think about that resolution to the tale? Oh, I, I loved it. It was a classic tale because the whole thing was that he, he wanted to, you know, have another adventure, basically, start again because he'd sort of had this massive life, but then realised that the money gave him nothing. And the whole point was to meet people like Sonny, you know. That, yeah. That I, and also Matt looked really embarrassed as well. Yeah, he was probably a bit too cynical and wary the whole episode. So Yeah, and it did lead to the probably one of the best little clips we've ever seen in Skippy so far, where they all like are out the front saying goodbye, and then he waves to them as he's walking down. And it is like a classic swagman walking down a dirt road sort of shot, and he yeah. waves back at them, and they're all waving, and then Skippy waves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was another one of those someone's grabbed Skippy's paw and is Clearly. forcing her to wave. And, yeah. yeah, it's very well, human that wave. What do you think about that, uh, Lee, that whole resolution to the story? Yeah, I was going to say, like, at face value, it was very nice. Just to add my own cynicism, um, <laughs> as soon as 
Trundle says, that's me, everyone immediately believes him. And to me, if I was listening to that, I'd be like, well, let me see your ID. Like, yeah. <laughs> Matt yeah. just instantly is like, oh, of course you are. Yes. Yeah. I remember reading about you. It's like, but did you see a photo of him? Like, I mean, is yeah. he, does he look that different? You just believe this could be another one of his glorious lies that he's been you're, telling you're all this time. At least right. only the Maharaja's turban something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then he could have just stabbed that other guy in the back and, like, and then just grabbed all his stuff and then said, I'm him. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's the like only thing that... episode where that guy was pretending to be Michael Jackson, that three hundred pound man pretends <laughs> to be Simpsons. Michael Jackson. Yeah, remember the Simpsons episode where he goes, "Lisa, it's your birthday, <laughs> yeah, yeah. happy birthday, Lisa," and everyone yeah. thinks it's Michael Jackson the whole time, and we find out it's not. And we're all we all had Stockholm syndrome. We all thought it was Michael Jackson somehow as well. We wanted to believe <laughs> it, but it wasn't. Well, technically, the singing wasn't either. Yeah, it was a um, voice double. Um, he oh, only no. did the dialogue because it cost too much. Now, I'm glad you picked that up. That is a totally obvious thing, Lee. And because I actually was thinking about it later on because I knew what the resolution was going to be when Trundle was going back. But I just sort of thought, is he going to show like his ID to the ranger? Is, is he going to trust? And, you know, that's the other thing is like, I don't think Swagman would have a license. Some sort of proof. There must be some way, because if they're already thinking that he's telling nothing but lies. I was going to say the only confirmation would have been the Irish accent, because they knew that he was Irish. So, um, and, you know, you would think Matt would have seen pictures of him, but then why wouldn't he have recognized him before anyway? So it's, it's, it is a bit of a conundrum. It is, but I'm just thinking all of the methods, like showing ID, they don't, they slightly take away from the drama because they're very punctuary. It would be. Like it would very much take away from it when everyone was revealed and Matt was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to confirm this just before we all wave goodbye." Yeah, I would. I, I would just like, like some kind of official verification. Like it <laughs> yeah, would be like, very look, awkward. He's like, "Look, the cops are already on their way, and we see Trunnell get arrested <laughs> and taken off and interrogated to make sure that he's actually this AVP." So. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> would have been the sweet ending. There is always that tension between proof and drama. So, I really enjoyed this episode. I don't know why. I think I was charmed by Mister Trundle yep. and the sweetness of the swag man because we mm. all want to be this traveler enjoying the world a free spirit this is one of the most free-spirited characters we've seen so far so i was just delighting in his free-spiritedness so i'm going to elevate this a little bit and in our gum leaf system i'm going to give this four gum leaves out of five nice johnny what do you think how many gum leaves funnily enough i am pretty much going to be along the same lines as you i thought it was yeah really good because it gave that romantic colonial swagman thing yeah no i enjoyed sunny and um, mr trundle's relationship and there wasn't really much of a conflict or you know much action that happened but it still was like you know one of those sort of episodes where it was more about people not trusting other people mm. and all of that sort of thing so yeah no i and i'm going to give it four okay yeah what's very much more a character rather than a plot episode this one yep. but yeah yep. worked quite well for me anyway and what did, what did you think about it lee three out of three i'm giving it a four as well because for all the reasons that we've said it was magical if you take the logic about like i was poking holes and would you believe him etc but look that takes away from the magic the whole episode was kind of a fun episode so yeah it was meant to be what it was and it achieved its goals so yeah i'm gonna give it a four as well yeah so definitely want to check out if you listen to the podcast this is a nice one to kick off because it is very australian very charming. Has, has all we, the characters as well. What are we going to check out next time, Johnny? 
Oh, okay. So we're up to episode 13. The Honeymooners, a millionaire and his wife are in their boat in the park and the wife aims to have Skippy's coat for her oh. collection. Oh my God, Cruella, an Australian Cruella. <laughs> um, so we've got, and Sonny is trapped, locked in the boat. Oh God, Sonny. Oh my God, again. Skippy knocks... <laughs> The couple into the water, and it's up to Skippy to save Sunny before the boat crashes. We've sort of seen this before, but that's uh, very yeah. interesting. The last time we saw the Skippy did nothing except watch from the sidelines when it's, Sunny was about to die. We've learned yeah. that Skippy does not work well on boats, so maybe she learned a lesson last time and she can actually control a boat now. Yeah, um, good. All right, we'll catch you both next time. See ya. See ya. See you later. Skippy, skip, 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 skip